You are listening to Painting Pictures with Gabriel Roberts. Please silence your cell phone. Stick it in your pocket. You can put your hand on it if you want to make sure that it's still there. Please listen carefully and don't interrupt. Don't say anything while I'm talking. I will be done speaking soon and then you can talk. Right now it's my turn and this I get to do this intro at the beginning of the podcast. The website for the podcast is GabeRobertsArt.com. The email for the podcast is GabeRobertsArt at gmail.com. The following is a solo episode in six parts. So recently I'm I'm fighting coffee addiction. And it's a real fight, guys. This is this is serious business here. You know, some people are addicted to alcohol. Some people are addicted to heroin. Um what else are people addicted to? Are people addicted to good things? Some people are addicted to ice cream. Some people are well, sugar, that's real. That's that's on the docket, but we're focusing on coffee. Well, never was a problem for me, guys. Never was a problem. I didn't touch the stuff. I drank tea. I don't know why. I mean, wh- how was I so free from it for so long? H- how was I not a coffee drinker? I-, I-, I don't understand it. Had I never tried coffee, I'd tried coffee, you know? Um... But I, I don't know. So anyway, I, I wasn't a coffee drinker. And um, so that went on for a long time. And it was just never an issue. English breakfast tea. That's what I'd drink. And uh, I'd, go to, I'd even go to cafes and I would smell coffee. And I would be with people that were ordering coffee. And I would order tea. I mean, it, it, it boggles the mind. And it wasn't like I was resisting the urge to order coffee. Just didn't have it. And then Satan planted the seed of coffee desire in my heart or in my, uh, where do you feel it? I think it's in your head, actually. That's where you really feel it. You want that kick. You want that boost, right? And tea don't cut it. Tea's just like water. My friend told me tea's just like hot water. (laughs) And that's true. It's got no substance coffee now coffee's got some real body to it well it got worse uh i suppose when i started working at a cafe and that's not short for cafeteria it's uh it's it's just that's that's the word cafe and i was around coffee and i made coffee and so i drank coffee you know of course um and I think, you know, I built up a tolerance, but still I was aware of, like, that it, it affected me, you know. And if I'm, like, really busy and involved in a bunch of things, like, maybe the coffee, I don't notice the effects of coffee so much. But when I'm in suburban Carmichael and, like, I spend the whole day in the house, <laughs> I really notice that cup of coffee. I notice, like, how I feel before it. I notice how I feel while I'm drinking it, which is usually good. But even then sometimes I'm all, I'm, I'm thinking about toast, making toast 
Or then I get wrapped up into, this is even worse, I get wrapped up into breakfast ideas, ideas of grandeur, uh, of, of breakfast. And for a while, I kind of got it down where I was making bacon and eggs, sauteing, well, so I'd make the bacon, and then I'd saute the kale in the bacon. No, I would cook the eggs, then I'd saute the kale. Meanwhile, I'd be toasting the toast. Meanwhile, I would be French pressing the coffee. And it was really a lot of coordination, and the idea, the ideal, is that it all comes out hot, and you're left with a, st a steaming plate of huevos and bacon and calais and a, a steaming mug of coffee. And then, and then it's you know I got to get the right book, you know, to set down at the table. And then, am I really, am I really enjoying the coffee? No, because then I'm I'm wrapped up in the sequence of, of bites and making sure that I portion out the bacon so it lasts through the whole meal and also the toast takes forever. That, and that always that would always be the thing that would take forever. The coffee would be ready, the eggs would be sitting there ready, the bacon would be ready, the kale would be ready, and I'd be buttering the toast and putting peanut butter on the toast and then putting jam on top of the peanut butter. The trifecta. And then you got to put those things back in the refrigerator. You don't want to leave the kitchen too much of a mess. And before you know it, the coffee's cold. Well, anyway, I still like drinking coffee. Recently, I've begun to focus more on enjoying the coffee. And I'm going to go ahead and give myself a pat on the back for that. Because I, I think that's admirable. Um, so I've just been making coffee and maybe toast. But sometimes not. You know, sometimes a croissant. Just a little croissant with my toast. Because it's nice to have a little something, something. But I really, I make the coffee, and I drink the coffee, and I sit with it. I've been taking, I've taken to sitting outside. Weather's getting nicer, of course. Listen to the birds. Enjoy your cup of coffee. And it's really good, I'll tell you what. And even with just a little bit of sugar... Or honey or maple syrup um, you know you don't need much I mean I could go on about coffee uh, I like it I like it in the French press um, I like a good uh, espresso finely ground in the espresso maker then I'll steam up a little milk to go in with that bad boy well anyway I I feel like I can't ride the coffee train too hard because picks you up and then it drops you down pretty hard. I'm sure you're all familiar with that. There's the whole bulletproof coffee idea, which supposedly, you know, your body manages it better. But if I'm going to drink coffee, I really just want to drink fucking coffee. And I don't want there to be a lot of butter and oil in it. Um, and I don't, want it, I don't want it to taste kind of weird and bitter and overly flavorful. I just want it to taste like coffee. So... My new plan is to not drink coffee on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So obviously I'm prioritizing the weekend. Saturday and Sunday, I get to have coffee. I think that's reasonable. I think that, you know, as a 27-year-old man, I'm entitled to that, and I feel good about that. So the trick then is to take those three days off. And this is where it gets difficult, and this is where I want to just kind of tell you what... Um, what I've been doing, what's working, what's not working. What's not working is um, is when I just go ahead and drink coffee on those days. That that puts the kibosh on it pretty quick, and then I, you know, then I feel bad, but I still enjoy the coffee, and I say, well, you know, tomorrow's a new day. But then I go ahead and usually drink coffee the next day because I don't want to throw off the rhythm. Say I, I fall off the wagon, I drink coffee on Monday. Well, then if I don't drink coffee on Tuesday, am I also supposed to not drink coffee on Wednesday? That's two days in a row with no coffee. And that seems like a lot to ask. One thing that has helped is black tea, English breakfast. Prefer it to Irish breakfast. Just to put that out there, I don't know if you guys are very familiar with tea comes in a bag, you've got English breakfast and Irish breakfast, you might think, what's the difference? Well, it's a subtle difference, but I'd say English breakfast is a little more full-bodied. 
uh, a little less floral. We'll go with that. A little less floral, maybe. Um, go ahead and email your thoughts on English breakfast versus Irish breakfast tea to GabeRobertsArt at gmail.com. If you have such thoughts and you have a preference between the two. Um, I used to, oh, so this will really give you a picture of where I used to be. I used to buy decaffeinated English breakfast tea from Trader Joe's because I didn't even want to be messing around with the caffeine from a cup of black tea. God, I was so young and pure. So young and pure. Well, then Trader Joe's stopped carrying decaf English breakfast. That's probably what did it. That's probably where it all began. English or uh, Trader Joe's stopped carrying decaf English breakfast tea. They still, of course, carry English breakfast, Irish breakfast, and they ca- continued carrying or switched to I don't remember decaf Irish breakfast tea. Now, where where this comes from, I don't know where this decision came from, but it's not nearly as good, in my opinion, and so that's probably what got me started on the coffee. But I digress. If you, like me, are trying to cut back on coffee, here's the pro tip. Get yourself some quality English breakfast tea. Actually, I feel like any English breakfast tea is going to be fine. Just don't get lipped in black tea. Okay, some good quality black tea. Brew that stuff. You now you want to hang on to the heat here. You know you really want to maximize with with the tea. You're going to be able to get a nice hot drink, which is something that you sometimes don't always get with coffee. So you really want to take advantage of what you can here with the tea. Brew the tea for I'm going to say five minutes in a cup. Now that seems like a long time, but it really does ramp up the, the, the flavor here and I'm going to also recommend that you go ahead and cover your cup to keep it hotter and uh, let that steep even better so after five minutes you're going to have this lovely hot steaming cup of tea go ahead and take that bag out you can compost it tea bags are compostable and then pour that liquid into a blender or Better yet, a magic bullet, because it's smaller and it's easier to clean. Now, in this magic bullet, you're also going to put a little bit of grass-fed butter. That's right, grass-fed butter. This is bulletproof tea we're talking here. Um, somewhere they, they drink yak butter tea. Somewhere in Europe, and that's where bulletproof coffee idea came from. So, grass-fed butter is... Uh, you know what? It could be butter, I suppose, but uh, I haven't done it with regular butter. I'm going to say go ahead and use grass-fed butter because it's better for you. It's a prettier color. I think it's the flavor is better. And a little bit of uh, maple syrup in with that tea. Okay? So you've got butter, you've got maple syrup, which is a fantastic sweetener, and you've got your lovely... And the color of, of English breakfast tea is it's very warm. Um, it's ra- it's like amber. It's quite pretty. Go ahead and pour that all in your magic bullet. Screw down the top. Froth that up a little bit, okay? Blend it up. Blend it all up. All those ingredients blending together. You're going to get a lovely f- little bit of a foamy, bubbly head on this drink. Uh, a nice sweetness to it. And the biggest thing is it's it's got more body than a regular cup of tea, and it tastes less like water. So this has been helpful for me on my off days to drink this. Now, a word of warning. Don't extend this black tea bulletproof business to green tea. It's not the same. Green tea and butter do not mix, should not mix. It's disgusting. It reminds you that you're drinking butter, and it might put you off the whole butter in hot drinks thing completely, which it almost did to me. Uh, In fact, yeah, I haven't gone back to it since then. I tried green tea because I thought we were out of, uh, it was an off day. It was probably Friday. No coffee day. And I thought we were out of, I thought we were out of butter. So 
instead of brewing black tea, I decided to brew green tea, thinking, well, I'll just brew the green tea with a little honey. That's a pretty classic, you know, morning hot drink caffeine kick. Well, then I found butter. Uh, Grass-fed butter. A new tub of it. And I decided, let's make this green tea even better and put in a little bit of grass-fed butter. Just like the black tea, it's going to be a subtle flavor. It's going to be delicious. It was disgusting. So don't go there. Um, another r- way to beat your coffee addiction is, or a tip that can help is just to get up out of the house. If you're living with a bunch of coffee drinkers that are grinding beans all over the place, they're Offering you coffee, pushing coffee on you, mixing up huge batches of bulletproof coffee and asking you if you want to taste, putting chocolate powder in their coffee, making espresso, making French press, saying, I'm going to make coffee. Would you like coffee? You got to just get up out of there on your non-coffee day. Take your little mug of tea and leave. So I did this morning. It worked very well and I haven't had any coffee and it's Monday and tomorrow I get to have coffee. So, you know, it's like a little uh, bait and switch, a little, I don't know, I guess I like having these things, but part of me wishes I didn't have these things, that I just drank coffee when I wanted coffee, and didn't overdo it, you know, didn't drink coffee every day because I don't want to drink coffee every day, but for now, we're going to, I'm using a system. I have a system, and it's working okay, I guess. Uh, I still love coffee. I don't. I basically want coffee every day. Um, the other, the other thing to do is to eat a croissant. Now, croissant is uh, the French word for croissant, and it's a pastry. My favorite are filled with almond paste. God, those are good. An almond croissant. The only drawback to croissants that I am starting to uh, encounter is the smell. Not the, the smell of the croissant obviously is lovely. That's like the best part. It's buttery and flaky and warm and sweet. You eat it, and you wash it down with coffee, or you don't wash it down with tea. That's the point here. Um, but there's then kind of a lingering smell that I find oozing, I think, from my pores or from my mouth or from my lips. And it's just this, it's a, it's a croissant smell. And I don't want to smell like a croissant. I don't think there's anything good there. I you know, there's probably not any fragrances out there that are baked goods, and it's probably for a very good reason. Um, so, I, you know, eat slower, probably. I should chew more. These will probably help me f- to stop smelling like a croissant. Um, brush your teeth after you eat the croissant. And smelling like croissant and coffee, not good. I mean, gross, really, right? Like, uh, I want to, you know, that's the thing. I want to be able to indulge in these delicious, decadent things, but when it comes down to it, I really, what I really want, above all, is to smell good all the time. But seriously, what I really want above all is to feel good all the time. And it's, it's just not worth... It's not worth, like, the temporary delight of of coffee. <laughs> coffee and croissant, <laughs> which lasts, like, ten minutes. Ten minutes, because I drink it fast before you know it, it's cold. Uh, and then I don't feel so good. I mean, I bu- I'm buzzing for a bit, and then I just don't feel so good. And is it really worth it? And I, then I smell like croissant and coffee? It's not worth it, guys. It's not worth it. I mean, so, I don't know. I don't know if that's my goal. It's not specific around coffee, but I think my goal is to feel good all the time. To be healthy, you know? To be shiny. 
to smell good. Because when you don't feel good, you don't feel good, and everything sucks, and then you just want to, you know, get some tempor more temporary satisfaction out of eating sugar and watching TV. I've been having to pee really badly lately, and I wonder if any of you out there are experiencing this. We are, of course, in the later, latter stages of the month of April 2014. Anybody out there having to pee really bad? I thought this might be related to the coffee, uh, but I'm not really drinking a lot more coffee than I ever have. I'm actually starting to cut back a little bit in some respects. Um, and I've always prided myself in my ability to hold my pee. Because I can do it for a really long time. I once um, set off to paint in the morning with a large thermos of green tea. This is before the days of butter and hot drinks. A large thermos of green tea, and I'd probably drank some glasses of water in the morning. Um, I also had a bottle of water. I'm not sure how much of that I drank. But I was out for four hours? Four hours. Leaving my house to getting back. Something like that. And I didn't, I, I didn't have to pee. I mean, I got back and I had to pee. And I took a really long pee. But I made it. And I... You know, I feel like that just gives you some idea. And then when I do pee, often there are these awesome, like, Austin Powers-style, epic, continual pees. So I've always felt really good about that, you know? And recently, the, the, the darndest thing is where it's like, I have to pee. And whereas before, I, I would sort of like, oh, I kind of have to pee and, like, just push it aside and go on with things and... You know, an hour later, maybe I would get around to peeing and be fine. And, but now it's like there, I have to pee, I think about it, and then like, and then I really have to pee, like really have to pee, like it's like crazy. Like I feel like I just have to run to the bathroom, and it kind of hurts. And um, <laughs> so that's what I've been dealing with lately. And I've been I've been giving myself regular prostate massages, so I don't think I'm dealing with an enlarged prostate yet. I'm also only 27, and I also feel like that should be something gradual. That like you gradually notice you have to pee more often, or something. I think it's something else. And I, one of my confidants. Actually, my brother says that he's been dealing with the same thing. So, there's something going on. Okay? Something going on. Could be astrological. Could be anatomical. Could be both. Uh, and it's making guys that normally don't have to pee too often really have to pee. I don't know anything more than that. If I had more information, I would give it to you, and I will keep you posted. So I seem to have, like, a very large queue of things that bother me. And I'm not going to uh, save them up because I keep coming up with them. So I'm just going to lay them out. Um, maybe there'll be another, well, anyway, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay some of them out. Um, and I, I don't even need to preface this like that. I didn't even need to do that. That just made it weird. Cause I, this isn't even, I, at this point I'm recording this. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what the sequence is going to be like. I don't know if there's going to be a things that bother me somewhere else in the episode. I'm thinking probably not. So this is. Anyway, we'll just get on to things that bother me. And this is kind of a minor one. So again, all this, unnecessary. Could cut it out, gonna leave it in. We have a tree here at the house. It's a magnolia tree. Beautiful tree, makes big, 
blossoms in the beginning of April. I just pulled that out of my ass. But um, it might be true. Sometime in the beginning of April, incredible flowers. Incredible. No leaves, just big old pink, purple flowers. It's magnificent. Within a week, they're all gone, and everyone just cries. But then you know that next year they come, and then you get these beautiful green leaves, and now it's full of leaves. Anyway, around Christmas time, which is when you put lights in things, we put lights in this tree. And it was kind of a, I mean, half-assed, relatively half-assed attempt. It looks all right. It's not, like, great. Uh, but there's some light, some light whites, some light whites in the tree, and they look nice at night. You know, I, it's a little bit... Um, Tacky, maybe? I mean, you, you could see it as tacky. But I think it's more like, oh, that's nice. That sort of a thing. Um, anyway, so the trees in the front yard, the outlet is all the way back. It's a good, like, I don't know, 50, 60 yards away. And there's an extension cord that runs from the tree all the way along the side of the house. And then the house takes a bend and it follows that bend along the ground all the way over to the corner of this front area we call the corral, down at the corral. Uh, and that's where it gets plugged in. Now, of course, to plug in the lights, go to the socket outlet and you plug them in. And then when it's time to turn off the lights at night, because you, know, you don't want to leave your lights on all night, you don't want to waste power. Um, yeah, go and unplug it. Well, for a long time, I was, like I said, going all the way to the socket or outlet. And often I would go to turn the lights on and it would be dark already. And, uh, I wouldn't be able to find the outlet with the little tines from the cord. And that was really frustrating because... I think to myself, how hard can it be to get these tines in there? You know, there's 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 two two plugs. Uh, I can feel them with my fingers. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Christmas is all around us. Anyway, so you, you, I would feel it with my fingers. I would feel the socket. And then I would grab the cord, the plug, with my right hand. And I would, you know, guide it in to my finger and slide out my finger at the last minute. And that should work, right? Well, even that, I would fail. And it would be this frustrating, like, clacking, clinking, poking, prodding until I would say, fine, and I would throw the cord down, and I would stomp into the house for a flashlight. Go back, turn on the flashlight, and then it's amazing how fast you can plug that in. When you've got light on that subject, boom, just goes right on in there. Anyhow, this went on for weeks. I mean, weeks, I tell you. And I would still, you would think after one of those experiences, I would bring a flashlight. But it was the kind of thing where I, I, I just couldn't, I refused to accept that I it was a task I couldn't complete without a flashlight. Uh, I don't think I ever got it in without a flashlight. I mean, sometimes I would go out there and it would be dusk, you know, so I would have a little bit of light to work with. And in that case, I'd just, I'd get it in all right after some poking and prodding. Well, um... And then, you know, to turn off the lights is like a little bit of a chore. Cause you have to open the door. It might be cold outside. You have to walk. The gates on this little corral are, are really hard to open and then get in and pull the plug and then walk back into the house. Well, my dad discovered, apparently, that this extension cord is made up of multiple extension cords. This is a fact I knew because I was the one that ran all these cords out there and strung the lights in the tree along with my mom. And so this is like a series of white extension cords plugged one into another. A team of extension cords providing this power out to this magnolia tree. And one of these pairs of extension cords, one of their meeting points, occurs right outside the front door. Like right there. 
you, st- you you open the front door and you look down and there are two extension cords coming together. Well, wouldn't you know it, if you unplug those, the lights go off. And if you plug those back in, the lights come back on. Yeah, it took me... Uh... Well, I never figured it out. My dad figured that out. I don't know if I ever would have. I might still be out there night after night trying to find that outlet. I went to a meditation class the other day at a yoga studio. Uh, 8 a.m. on a Sunday. It's a good time to cut out all the riffraff. You know, you're only going to get serious people that are dedicated to their practice at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning. None of those assholes that just dabble in yoga because they're all hungover on a Sunday morning because they've been out drinking alcohol on a Saturday night. So it's great class, really good energy, really good energy, just like great energy. And in all seriousness, it was it was a really nice class. I'd never meditated with another person before, much less, I don't know how many people there were. Let me do a mental count. One, two, three, four. Might have been a dozen people, you know? That's not bad. And a teacher, an instructor, sitting up at the front, meditating along with us, if you can believe it. And all these people that believe that meditation can can bring you inner peace which i suppose it can so anyway i've been dabbling in it on my own really glad i went to the class and what i want to do is just share some of the things i found helpful in case you dear listener are are interested in meditation first thing you want to do is stick your finger up your butt and then after you've been practicing for a number of weeks you'll be able to fit two fingers in your butt And then, well, you can just imagine the real masters. The real masters. No. uh, No fingers and butts. Um, This is serious now. Great analogy. So what this teacher focused on, I don't remember the name of the type of meditation. um, But just first of all, to think that there are different types of meditation is kind of nice. And to think that maybe you can dabble in a few of them and that you don't necessarily have to do the same damn thing every day to for it to work and i have a tendency to latch on to routines and think that it has to be like very much the same thing and while there's some benefit in having routine in your regularity in your practice i don't think there's any reason you can't branch out try some visualizations try some different postures etc so um this one was the translation was like single point focus meditation. And the idea was to focus on your breath and to focus your mind's attention on your breath and to follow the breath and um, then to notice when your mind strays and recognize it and feel good that you have recognized it relax, and then bring your attention back to your breath. I really like how he emphasized relaxing first before bringing your attention back to your breath and sort of starting over, because that stops you from, so you're you're trying to follow your breath, and then your mind wanders away, and then you realize your mind has wandered away, and what you don't want to do is be like, ah, fuck, I fucked up, and then ah, focus on my breath again. You want to like make a smooth transition and realize that that's part of the practice is your mind is going to wander. And to feel good about the fact that you recognize it straying and then relax and then start again focusing on your breath. He gave a quote about um, the mind's focus on the breath being akin to an ice skate gliding across the ice and so I love that idea of it being sort of a a constant uh, pressure 
but then there's still being sort of this movement as you sort of your consciousness or your awareness skates along the surface of your breath, but that you're always sort of keeping it there. Um, we did like a couple five minute sits and then a couple of 10 minute ones. And I like that of like breaking it up and sort of focusing like that. I have a tendency to sort of sit down and just try to meditate and then just kind of go how long I can. And then at some point, be like, All right, I'm fucking done with this and go on with the rest of my day. I think it's nice to give yourself like a little segment of time that you focus on. Um, what else? So I was all, I have meditated since then, of course. Although that was only, that was only yesterday. So, yeah, so we're, we're not too far off track. And today's Monday. And um, I tried to, I'm flexing for myself right now, by the way. I'm looking at my reflection in the computer screen. And, um, well, I was doing a little hand mo- movement that, like, was flexing without noticing I was flexing. So it wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm going to check out my muscles. But then I looked at my reflection and I was like, oh, look at that. Hey, check those out. Um, Full disclosure, folks, that's what this podcast is all about. You know you do it. You know you do it too. Ladies, I don't know how, yeah, I know you don't flex, but you do other things. You suck in your tummies and I don't know. Guys, you definitely flex for yourselves. Come on. Let's be real. Uh, anyway, so I was all ready to put my uh, put my newfound skills of meditation to use. Because I've had a challenging afternoon where I haven't felt uh, comfortable or relaxed. I felt kind of anxious and unsure of what I wanted to do. And Anyway, I decided, damn it, I'm going to meditate. That's going to help. So I sat down, and I sat on my little cushion, which isn't a meditation cushion. It's a, uh, you don't care. And I got into my seat, you know, my cross-legged position, and I put my hands in my little mudras, and I relaxed my eyes, and I started following my breath. And after about a minute, I'm going to say a minute, Pep Guardiola's voice came piping through from my computer. This is former coach of FC Barcelona, current coach of Bayern Munich. Got a big match tomorrow. I had previously been browsing the web and reading uh, a uh, article about his press conference, given this portion in Spanish, and the video, I guess, had been loading all this time. I don't know. There's this weird thing on the site where the video just sort of plays whenever it wants to. And so I pop up to turn it off. And then, of course, I'm delighted to be on the computer and not fucking meditating. And I proceed to open up my email account. Actually, I think it was already open another tab. I go to my email account and I proceed to read a thread of emails from like four years ago or something. Just go back in time to some random place that I'm interested in and just start reading old emails I sent. And first, I'm standing over my computer you know like one leg up on my stool like probably going back to meditate in a minute uh then i really just settle in pull up a stool and read emails for a while and then i think i went on facebook for a little bit uh and that was it (laughs) that was that for my meditation for the day so if you can do better than that I challenge you. I challenge you to beat that. So I've been sitting here for almost, well, over 40 minutes, and I've been drinking water the whole time. And just to give you an update, I do have to pee. But it's not that bad. I think it's been better today. So maybe whatever's going on is on its way out. Anyway, like I said, I'm going to keep you updated. I also want to give you one more health update, and that is on the subject of dandruff, a.k.a. dandruff, a.k.a. itchy flaky scalp. Um, I've started brushing my hair with a woman's hairbrush. It's, got a, it's very large. It's got a large head. 
Uh, it's rubber. It has millions of, well, not millions, hundreds of little teeny tiny rubber bristles with round heads on them. And it, uh, it, it's like an air, it's got like a air pocket in it. So when you push down on the bristles, it makes this little like, noise and um, I just brush the idea is a hundred strokes a day folks a hundred strokes a day and if you can do a little inversion while you're at it you know a little uh, forward fold uh, better yet more circulation up there and just work that baby for a hundred strokes this way and that all over your scalp and I'll tell you what it's working pretty well for me uh, I'm not going to say I don't have dandruff anymore, but uh, it really hasn't been an issue. And I certainly don't have an, an uncomfortable, itchy, or flaky scalp. So, girls, you're probably on this already. Uh, you probably already have one of these brushes. The idea is that use it liberally, uh, you know, invert, get that blood flow going, and uh, don't be afraid if some hair comes out because that is natural it's going to come back and your scalp is going to be happier that you've worked it a little bit and men go and get yourself one of these brushes um and it's great it sounds kind of cool it sounds like when you're working it through your scalp uh it feels really good it's like getting a scalp massage it is getting a scalp massage <laughs> let's be real it's not like getting a scalp massage you're getting a scalp massage here and it's free you can do it yourself. It only takes a few minutes. Uh, and then you're on with your day. It also really poofs your hair up big time, which can be really fun, you know? If you want to just try out a different look sometime and see what you look like with poofy hair, well, this will be great. And you can, like, take pictures of yourself, like, take some selfies of, like, oh, look at my poofy hair. And send them to me. Send them to GabeRobertsArt at gmail.com. I'd love to see him. I'll send you a picture of my penis. I'm sorry if that offended anybody. I won't. I do have a friend that used to collect dick pics. And she would... <laughs> she would uh, be texting guys and she would ask <laughs> for dick pics. And they always obliged. They always obliged. You've seen those signs that say... Beware of dog. Well, I saw one yesterday that said, Beware of the dog. And that really got me thinking. I'd like to just, if you will, allow me to unpack this one a little bit. I haven't uh, I haven't gone through it all the way in my mind yet. I've kind of been saving it, I guess. Um, it gets into some pretty esoteric territory, I think. So the original, Beware of dog. Well, I think that I think that the sentiment intended by beware of dog, I mean obviously it's to keep out trespassers, those that have trespassed against us or are thinking about trespassing against us. Um, um but I think that the sentiment is beware of my dog, beware of this dog, beware of the dog. I think that beware of the dog is Perhaps someone's attempt at making a sign more grammatically correct. And if we can all just give that, give that a big round of applause. So I'll tell you what, that doesn't that don't happen very often. It's really um that I mean I, I guess it, 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 it does happen. Um I love seeing this. This makes me really happy. This really makes me excited. There are people out there that care about grammar and signs. Um this one though, really beware of dog. That didn't bother me. Beware of dog. Uh I guess you could say that that it's like saying beware of dog like like all dogs, like dog like the dog with a capital D, like the spirit of dog beware of the idea of dog in which case that would make a whole lot of sense so 
you know, beware of the dog, you're being more specific. The sign could say, you know, we have a dog. Beware of our dog. Um, I guess beware of the dog. Um, I'd like to think about the person that's choosing the sign, though, in a place that maybe has both signs. What about that? Or, and then, and then you're there and you're like, oh, we need one of these signs. And you see beware of dog and you see beware of the dog. And you kind of go back and forth. And I guess I'd go with beware of the dog. And then what about the stores that carry these signs? Are they, have, of course, they've carried beware of dog for a long time. And then, um, and then somebody, some rep, some strapping young gentleman from the sign company comes and he says, here, we've got new signs. And they say, beware of the dog. And I'm imagining some old shop owners. Sonny, I've been selling, I've been selling beware of dog signs for 30 years. You come up in here with them new signs and say, beware of the dog. And you expect me to just change my ways overnight. I don't know. Um, it's just weird that they... It's just weird. It's weird that they changed the name. Or changed the sign. Whose idea was that? Aren't there more important things to do? Seriously? Than to change the sign? To put it in a, a the? That sign has worked for years. That sign is an institution. Beware of dog. We see that everywhere. You know Why change it? It's not broken. It works. Um, that one didn't bother me. I mean, and that's weird because I should be, I'm the type of person that stands up for grammar and I should be the one that says, you know, damn it, change that sign. But it, instead it bothers me that people are thinking about these things when I'm the one that's telling people to think about these things. So again, we're getting to like a very deep place here where I'm very conflicted. Um, I guess, and of course, faced with the option, I, I would be forced to choose beware of the dog. Or else I'm a complete hypocrite. Beware of the dog. Or I'd buy beware of dog just out of nostalgia. Or to be ironic. I don't know. Which sign would you use? Which sign is right? Send me an email at gaberobertsart at gmail.com. Which sign do you prefer? I think we can agree. I'm going to go ahead and say that the grammatically correct sign is beware of the dog. Because that's a sentence... Beware of dog is not a sentence unless, of course, we're talking about dog as the greater spirit of dog. But that's not really what we're talking about, is it? We're talking about a very specific dog that might bite you. The idea is to scare away trespassers. Beware of the dog. You know, I think maybe that's it. It just doesn't have the same punch to it. It sounds kind of weak. Like, some, a person that buys a sign that says, beware of the dog, their dog is probably a pussy. You could probably kick that dog in the mouth and get right on through. No problem. And they probably have, you know, uh, something to hide. I don't know. There's something wrong with them. It's a stupid sign. Take the the out. If you see a sign that says, beware of the dog, go ahead and just cross out the word the. Or carry around beware of dog signs and replace them. That's that's something. Something to strive for. Something to live for. You know, a real purpose. That's what we all want, right? I feel like we're doing something. Doing something important. I just I would like to think that maybe there's somebody that thought they were doing something important by changing the sign to beware of the dog. And that this, it had to be. This isn't something that just changes. It's, things like this don't just change automatically. Things like this stay exactly the same because people don't re rethink things, especially not beware of dog, a sign that's been around for years. That doesn't just change sort of casually overnight. That is a very specific somewhere in the United States of America, somebody thought about this okay so this is not just random rambling i'm doing right now i'm i'm speaking to this person and i know they're out there and there's some moment some moment in human history 
in time and space where somebody thought about this exact same thing and decided, you know what, let's change it to beware of the dog. You know, we've gotten a lot of complaints about this. It's grammatically incorrect, guys. What what are we doing? Let's put in the, there's plenty of room. Beware of the dog. It actually helps with spacing. I actually didn't see beware of the dog if of the dog was all on one line. That might be a little bit crowded. Um, anyway, whoever this was, God bless you, I guess, for having this passion to to change things, to bring about positive grammatical change. But seriously, get a life. You know, you there are better things to do. This sign wasn't hurting anybody. You know, this this isn't making kids stupid. It's just a sign. It's beware of dog. It's it's a classic. It's a classic. Why would you mess with that? This concludes Painting Pictures with Gabriel Roberts episode something or other. Thank you for your undivided attention. I love you. I love you. My song for you. I wrote that song for you in space. Do you, do you like my song? I, I don't remember it. I, I do not have a long memory in space. I'm a worm. I look like a worm. But I have hands. I, I don't... I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where, where I'm going. I don't know who I am. I, I just, I, I was requested to uh, record an intro and outro for this podcast, and I obliged. I would like to do it again in the future. I don't know that I will have the chance. Honestly, I suffer from a grave ringworm disease. Yes, even worms can get ringworm. It's spreading throughout my body, and I'm dying. Please help me. Please send help. Please send help to outer space. I'm in a blue spaceship. All I have is this microphone and I have to stop talking now.